This morning we are continuing a study in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews called By Faith. And I'd like for us to turn then to that chapter and we're going to begin reading with verse 23. But before we read the scriptures, uh, please join me in prayer. Our Father, we are here to worship. We are here to learn. We are here to be changed. Open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of thy law. In Jesus' name, amen. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. And he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. And by faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. If you were to visit my office, you would find that I am a baseball fan. I have got baseballs from various leagues and some other baseball paraphernalia. And baseball has been kind of a part of the history of my family. As a matter of fact, I had a great uncle who was signed by the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers, now, of course, the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he was signed by a man by the name of Branch Rickey. And to those of you who know a little bit about baseball, uh, baseball history know that it was Branch Rickey that actually signed Jackie Robinson, the first African-American baseball player in the major leagues. And by the way, there is a movie called 42. It's a movie about the life of Jackie Robinson. And if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to do so. Even if you're not a baseball fan, it'll probably turn you into one. And I might say that uh, Jackie Robinson, the movie, it doesn't really come out that well in the movie, but Jackie Robinson was a dedicated uh, Christian and uh, lived for the Lord all during those tumultuous years. Well, you know, for any baseball fan, the trip of a lifetime would be to go to Cooperstown, New York, where, of course, is the Baseball Hall of Fame. And it's an exciting trip, even though I've never been able to go. I've read about it. You can learn a great deal about the history and the legacy of the sport of baseball, and you can learn of the lives of truly great players, people like Jackie Robinson and Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Stan Musial 
and many, many others who were inducted into baseball's Hall of Fame. Now, I mention this because recently we have been looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and considering the theme by faith. And it's here we have a list of some very, very prominent Bible characters, people like Noah and Abraham and now Moses. And I believe as we study these people that it's easy for us to misunderstand something. We could look at this and think that, well, these are God's uh, super spiritual people. They're the best of the best. They're the honor roll. They're the all-stars. And it would be very easy to conclude that's very hard for me to relate to. It's simply not me to be a super spiritual Christian. I don't see myself as a, a great person of faith. As a matter of fact, I'm just a, a lay person doing the best that I can, and often I feel like I'm just getting by. Well, I want to spend a few moments trying to debunk this notion. And I want us to consider this, that this passage has everything in the world to do with you. And if you don't see that this morning, it's probably because you have an inadequate understanding about what the term by faith means. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask us to turn to Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to look more clearly at the life of Moses that will help give us an understanding about what it is when we say by faith. So before we look at Exodus 3, it might be good for us to just look at the textbook definition of what we mean when we say faith. Uh, a, a synonym for faith might be uh, belief. And if, we, if you look at the Bible when you see uh, the words uh, faith uh, and belief and trust, they're all translating one Greek word. And, and what we're going uh, to see here uh, this morning is that Moses illustrates for us the life of faith and what that faith is to be grounded upon. But a certain question arises when we read Exodus chapter 3 that screams for an answer. And the question is this. How in the world did the man described in Exodus 3 and 4 ever make it to the hall of fame? And it's going to cause us to take a step back and ask what's really going on here when we think about the lives of these great men and women. So let me illustrate, if I can, what I believe is at stake. I want you to consider for just a moment that you are the HR person of a large Fortune 500 company. And you are the one responsible for doing a majority of the interviews to this huge position that's going to determine the future of the company. 
And it's, as you've worked through all of the resumes, it seems that one stood out head and shoulders above the other. And so this person gets a second and even a third interview. But in the interview process, you uncover an issue that is of concern. The candidate seems to have serious doubts about him or herself. You set out before this person several scenarios of what they would do in this case, what they would do in that case, and they seem to be very uh, unclear. And then you ask this person, well, can you describe your gifts to us? What is your skill set? And again, what you have is something uh, less than clear. Now, the question is, would you hire that person? And with that story as a backdrop, I want us to look at Exodus 3. And I want us to see a little bit about this man that is called the greatest leader in the Bible outside of Christ himself. And the passage is going again to uncover this interesting question. Why is he included in faith's hall of fame? And so we're going to see that there are some real issues in Moses' character that would probably cause any HR director to stop before they hired him and wonder, is this really a good choice? And like all of us, this great leader had his own personal demons that could have easily have disqualified him from the leadership role to which he was called. And so to understand uh, what's going on here, I want us to take a little trip back and understand the context, much of which uh, Claire described last week. The children of Israel had been enslaved in the land of Egypt for over 400 years. And there their lives were miserable. They were abused. They were mistreated by their Egyptian taskmasters. But due to a series of providential occurrences, the, the man Moses grew up to become one of the top leaders, as a matter of fact, the top leader next to Pharaoh in the entire land of Egypt. Amazing. And one day, Moses is out and about, and he sees this Egyptian abusing and striking a fellow Hebrew. And it's then that, that Moses loses his cool. He becomes so enraged that he took something and killed this Egyptian. Well, naturally, the Pharaoh heard about this, and Moses had to flee for his life into the land of Midian. And it's while he was there that God call comes to Moses in the burning bush 
with a special call to his life, to this man of faith who is supposed to do great things. So we're going to read just a few verses here and follow along with me. Beginning in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. And now to Moses, he says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Well, to a man of faith, that should have been all it took. But look at this closer. God comes to Moses with the absolute biggest job that he could possibly ask for. To bring the children of Israel out from slavery into Egypt to the promised land. That task would involve a direct confrontation with Pharaoh who could kill Moses on the spot. And it was also a very dangerous journey of hundreds of miles over desert wilderness. How in the world could the children of Israel possibly make this trip? Well, no problem for Moses. He's a man of faith. He's created for just such a thing. He's read the latest books. He's self-confident and ready to move into God's will for his life. Verse 11. And Moses said, Who am I? that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. It doesn't even seem that Moses stops to think about it. He doesn't even ask God to, well, just wait a minute and let me pray about all this. No, he immediately endures an attack of fear and self-doubt. Who am I? Lord, I do not have what it takes. And do you realize that this is going to cause me to risk my life? Well, I think we would all agree this is a monumental and dangerous task. And it sounds overwhelming. And so what we have in these verses, I wish we had time to look at them closer, but we don't. But in these verses, in responding to Moses, God is dealing very patiently with him. And in verse 12, God says, Moses, you're forgetting something. I'm going to be with you. You're not going to have to do this alone. You can always count on me being right there for anything that you need. Well, certainly, certainly, for a man of faith, this would settle the matter. God is going to be with me in this endure. That'll make all the difference in the world, Lord. Send me on. Verse 13. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and, and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to, to you. 
and they ask me, what is his name? What am I going to tell them? Lord, I don't have any experience at this. These folks are going to be asking me questions that I have no answer for. And I haven't been to seminary. I haven't studied enough. I'm going to look like a fool. It's not going to work. And again, the next few verses, God speaks words of tender encouragement to Moses. And this time, in an amazing way, if you read the text, he outlines his entire plan for what he's going to do. He says, Moses, I'm not going to leave you in the dark. Here is what I'm going to do. You can trust me, for this is the plan. So now, the question for Moses is settled. Moses is assured that he gives, that. God is going to be with him and that this can be done. So he gives God the big thumbs up. After all, here's the man of faith. Chapter 4, verse 1. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord has not appeared to you? And here we have one of the greatest issues that Satan puts in front of his people, and that is the fear of failure. Lord, this mission would never succeed. It's bound to fail. These people won't listen. We both know how stubborn they are, and they've even showed that they don't like me. Chapter 4, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Lord, I don't even have the spiritual gifts to do what you have called me to do. Speaking is not my thing. I would be a disaster. And again, God is patient with Moses. And each time he gives him ample reason to let go of his fears and to step out in faith. So finally, Moses gets the picture. Verse 13. Lord, please just get somebody else. I don't want to do this. (laughs) I don't have any more excuses. I have nothing. But please, just find somebody else. His blood pressure is through the roof. His knees are as weak as water. He doesn't want to have anything to do with this calling. You know, I read something like this, and you know what I think? It sounds a whole lot like me. It sounds a whole lot like maybe you or us. 
paralyzed by fear and insecurity. We look at our weaknesses, and they seem so big, so unsurmountable, so debilitating. And we can say, just like Moses, Lord, you need to find somebody else. This isn't me. I'm not the right man. I'm not the right woman. I'm not the right young person. You know, folks, I've been doing this for a long time. And I want to tell you that I have faced just about every form of self-doubt and fear that you could possibly name. When I was in seminary, my first, my first year of seminary, my first sermon that I was preaching in front of my peers and my professor, I didn't get one wink of sleep the night before. The thought of them sitting there critiquing me and looking at every little thing, it petrified me. But here I am. I don't know how I got here. And here you are. Now, you might say, Stan, where in the world are you going with all of this? I thought we were here to talk about some positive things that Moses had done that we could do. What are you talking about? Well, it raises a question that I want us to answer again. How did this man make it to face Hall of Fame? Now, one explanation might be, well, maybe Moses was having a bad day. I mean, we all have bad days, right? Maybe if he had had a good dinner, uh, maybe if he had had a good night's sleep, his responses to God could have been different. And maybe to an extent that's somewhat true. But I believe that here Moses was really dealing with some internal conflicts that were truly problematic to him. And I think that he in specific is still feeling the guilt and becoming enraged and killing the Egyptian. He's having to live with that. But whatever the issue, it raises the question that should be screaming at us now. How did this man make it to Faith's Hall of Fame? And I want to spend just a few moments that we have remaining helping us to understand this by understanding what it means by the phrase, by faith. Okay. So in spite of the fact that these verses uh, do reveal a deep insecurity in Moses, they also teach us something else about the man that we need to know. And it's this. Moses did not trust himself. If I can put it another way, Moses possessed a healthy self-doubt that kept him from pride. And brothers and sisters, I believe that pride is the greatest enemy to faith. Pride is the greatest hindrance to God's work 
in your life and in mine. If you ever have you been down recently to the bookstore and seen the section on self-help? It's getting bigger and bigger. And it's clear that people are trying to find the best version of themselves. They're trying to find out who they are and how they can be whatever they can be. But if you read those books, there seems to be a common message that is there. Trust yourself. Love yourself. You have just what it takes to be successful. And the one that gets me, because we are living it today, you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything that you want to do. Is it possible for us to realize the damage that we can do to a child by telling them that they can be anything that they want to be? They're believing it. But faith doesn't say that you have the power and gifts in yourself to be and do anything that you want to. What faith says is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What things? Everything that God has ordained for me, I can do through him. Now, the important thing that I see here that I want us to make sure that we have when we leave is this, that these doubts that we've just read about actually put Moses in a, posit, in a position of having to trust God more. That they backed him sort of like, like into a corner where he had no other options. It stripped him of his pride and self-reliance. And this is exactly what our weaknesses can do for us. This is what our failures can do for us. And dare I say it, this is what our sin can do for us if we understand it. And I hope you understand that because if you don't, we need to do a Bible study on the providence of God in the Bible. But this is what our weaknesses can do. Turn us away more and more from ourselves to the God who's in whose hands all things are possible. You know, we all have something in common. We've all done some pretty dumb things, all of us. The money that we wish we hadn't spent, the relationships that we wish we had never pursued, 
the jobs that we wish we had never taken, the words that we wish we had never spoken, the invitations that we wish we had never accepted, the literature that we wish we had never purchased, the websites that we wish we had never visited. We should have known better, and in some cases, we did know better, but for some reason, we thought we could beat the odds. Well, remember what Moses had done? Again, he had committed murder. He had killed this Egyptian, and he had to live with the guilt of this day after day. And I believe that it was this that prepared Moses to be listed in the hall, face hall of fame. You say, Stan, what do you mean? I mean this, that a healthy self-doubt that led him to a distrust of his own gifts led him to a greater understanding and the greatness of the power of God in his life. So when the Hebrews says, by faith, Moses, the faith that it is talking about is a faith that is born in humility. And this is why Moses could indeed accomplish some great and mighty things in his life. So, what comes to your mind when you hear the word faith? It comes up in sermons, it's an integral part of Christian life. What comes to your mind? Well, you might think of some missionary serving in the far dark corners of the world living in a subsistence level, sharing the gospel with people who've never heard. Or you can think of someone like Billy Graham. Why, here's a man who preached to over millions of people and saw hundreds of thousands come to know Christ. Surely, this is a man who lived by faith. Or what about Mother Teresa? This woman who spent her entire life in the poor areas of Calcutta, giving her life to those poor that are there. Well, I have another suggestion. What about your name? You say, my name? Yes. You see, we now have a new faith's hall of fame. By faith, Bill. By faith, Jane. By faith, Mary. By faith, Joseph. By faith, you. And so it goes. For brothers and sisters, any life that embraces humility as its chief cornerstone will encounter the greatness of God's power, 
that will qualify that person for faith's hall of fame. I'm going to ask that we bow for prayer. And in a moment, we're going to turn to hymn number 507. A hymn that will remind us of the greatness of this God in whom we put our faith. Our Father, we come today not because we're obedient, not because we're faithful, not because we have it all together. We're here because we're yours. Empty us, Lord, of all self-confidence and pride. And may we rest upon your promises as the ground for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.